Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Exploring the Evolving Role of PD-1-PDL-1 Inhibitors in Cervical Cancer, Setting Sites on Locally Advanced Disease. To access the full program and supporting materials, visit www.answersincme.com forward slash bzg. This activity is supported by an educational grant from AstraZeneca. Hello, my name is Antonio González Martin. I am the director of the Cancer Center at Clinica Universidad de Navarra and also the chair of the medical oncology department. In this activity, we will review the evolving role of PD-1 and PD-L1 inhibitors in cervical cancer according to the FIGO classification and the TNM staging system. The locally advanced cervical cancer are patients with tumor greater than 4 centimeters, stage 1b3, those that invades the uterus but not the pelvic wall, or the lower third of the vagina, stage 2, and those patients with a stage 3 due to extension to the pelvic sidewall or the lower third of the vagina or hydronephrosis or involving the pelvic and or paraortic nodes. And finally, the stage 4a, which means the invasion of the bladder or rectum mucosa. The treatment for these patients is consistent with chemoradiation. Many trials demonstrated that the concomitant administration of cisplatin and irradiation followed by brachytherapy was superior to just irradiation. In addition, the Outback trial has demonstrated that the addition of chemotherapy after chemoradiation is not benefiting the patient. What is the outcome of patients with locally advanced cervical cancer? Up to 50% of patients will relapse in the first three years. It's clear that we have an unmet need for this population. In the next session, we will explain the rationale for targeting PD-1 and PD-L1 in patients with locally advanced cervical cancer. In session two, we will discuss the connection between the human papillomavirus, the HPV status, as well as the expression of PD-1 and PD-L1 in cervical cancer, providing the rationale for targeting this pathway. As you know, most patients with cervical cancer have HPV infection. This HPV infection increased the risk of this disease due to some vital oncoproteins, E5, E6, and E7, that can be integrated in the cervical cells and lead to a transformation and carcinogenesis. One of the interesting things that is produced by the oncoproteins is an upregulation of the PDL1 that led to the interruption of the interaction between the lymphocyte and the cervical cancer cell. So in this way, it makes sense to blockade PD-1 and PDL1 through those also named checkpoint inhibitors. And it has been shown in the clinic that this strategy had activity in patients with metastatic cervical cancer. Actually, we have two trials, one in the second line with semiplimab and one in the first line with pembrolizumab added to chemotherapy with bevacizumab. The keynote 
that have shown an increment in the overall survival compared to the placebo group. So in summary, the HPV infection led to the upregulation of PDL1 due to the oncoproteins E6, E7, and that is a great opportunity to blockade this PD1, PDL1 axis that could lead to the cancer cell death. In the next session, we will discuss the potential utility of PD1 and PDL1 inhibitors in locally advanced cervical cancer. In session three, we will focus on the potential utility of PD1 and PDL1 inhibitors in locally advanced cervical cancer. I would like to remark the CALA study with Durvalumab. This was a phase three study comparing chemoradiation alone with chemoradiation plus Durvalumab in patients with a stage 1b2 to 2b node positive or a stage 3a, 4a. Unfortunately, the preliminary information that we have about the CALA study indicated that Durmalumab is not providing additional benefit to chemoradiation in the locally advanced cervical cancer. With pembrolizumab, we have a single study of pembrolizumab during chemoradiation and after chemoradiation. And we also have a randomized trial got CX11, including patients with a stage 1b, 2 to 2b, node positive, or stages 3 to 4a, in which compare chemoradiation placebo with chemoradiation plus pembrolizumab. However, we need to wait for other ongoing studies integrating pembrolizumab to chemoradiation based on the data that we know about the improvement in overall survival with pembrolizumab added to chemotherapy with or without bevacizumab. With nivolumab, we have a single arm study for patients with a stage 1b3 to 4a cervical cancer. It is called Nicole, and it is integrating nivolumab plus chemoradiation followed by nivolumab maintenance. We have some data presented of Nicole with encouraging progression-free survival data. The one-year PFS was 81%, and the overall response rate two months after bracket therapy completion was 94%, which is really interesting. And finally, we have the ATOMIC trial for patients with locally advanced cervical cancer with node positive disease in good response to chemo radiation that are randomized to dostarlimab or placebo. In summary, we have a good number of trials exploring the incorporation of anti-PD-1, anti-PDL-1 inhibitors in this locally advanced cervical cancer setting. So far, we have not received good news, but we are still very optimistic with the NGOT CX11. In session four, we will briefly review some preliminary data of safety that we have with the combination of anti PD1 and anti PDL1 inhibitors with chemoradiation in locally advanced cervical cancer. Actually, from the CALA study, we do not have the evidence presented so far. In the press release of this study, it is announced that the safety and tolerability of the approach was found to be consistent between the two arms with no new safety signals observed, which is quite good. 
in another study with pembrolizumab added to chemo radiation followed by a period of maintenance with pembrolizumab this phase two trial have provided some important information about the addition of pembrolizumab. Probably the diarrhea is one of the side effects that should be highlighted when you combine pembrolizumab with chemoradiation that lead to other important things like, for instance, dehydration or hypomagnesemia. And finally, the Nicol study that incorporated nivolumab to chemoradiation followed by nivolumab maintenance has also provided some preliminary safety information in which we could highlight one patient with grade 3 immune-related diarrhea during the maintenance with nivolumab, as well as two patients that had hypotension or acute kidney injury. In summary, we still don't have the data of the CALA study to enter into the details of the safety profile of anti-PD-1, anti-PDL1 in combination with chemoradiation, but preliminary data from single arm studies seem to indicate that diarrhea is something that the physician should take and should look after in more detail for the patients. In the fifth session, I will review some specific guidance on how to manage a patient with checkpoint inhibitors treatment in order to manage the safety and side effects. There are five important pillars for the management of immune-related toxicity. One is the prevention, second is anticipation, third is detection, fourth is to start the treatment, and fifth is to monitor the patient. I would like to focus right now in the prevention. In order to prevent the toxicity, you need to know in detail the spectrum of immune-related toxicity. It's very important to engage the patient and their healthcare providers in order to make them aware about the potential side effects in this regard, the development of patient educational activity specific for the treatment she's receiving is maybe crucial, and you should put the patient in a good condition before starting. These prehabilitation programs trying to minimize nausea, diarrhea, any other problems will help the patient to tolerate much better chemoradiation plus the checkpoint inhibitor. We haven't seen yet the presentation of the CALA data with Durbalumab added to chemoradiation, so we cannot figure out why the trial is not positive. Maybe that the endpoint was medium progression-free survival, that could be not the best endpoint for this study, or maybe that the control arm performed much better than expected, or maybe other reasons that came when the data will be presented. So we have to wait for the presentations just in order to make the questions that we need. Because although until now we don't have phase three data in the locally advanced cervical cancer setting, we have very nice data with checkpoint inhibitors in the metastatic and recurrent setting, showing an increment of oral survival in second line and in first line in combination with chemotherapy. And we hope that one of the randomized trials that are ongoing 
will definitively answer if the checkpoint inhibitors will improve the outcome of our patients with locally advanced cervical cancer. Thank you for listening. Please visit www.answersincme.com forward slash BZG to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.